Good morning, Senator. How are you? I'm very well, Daryl, and it's fun to talk to you in our in our new jobs. So. <laughs> I know. We've come a long way, baby, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot different anyway. Uh, there, there are a few senators that I would ever say that to. I think yeah, I'm fairly safe with you. Just a guess. Yes. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I can't exactly stand on ceremony with the same people I used to scrum with. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get to the seriousness of this particular issue, because, uh, you know, after all the debate back and forth on this bill, it's a, there's a very distinct possibility that it could end up in the trash bin. Just explain what the situation is and where we could end up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, it's a very frustrating situation for anybody who was supportive of the bill as I was. So no one knows for certain when the election is going to be. I also do not have a direct pipeline to Justin Trudeau because I'm not a liberal senator. I don't sit in the liberal caucus. I've actually never met the prime minister. So, you know, like you, I'm speculating that the rip drop will probably be in August, in which case Bill C-6 would die on the order paper. And why is that? It's because... It took a very, very, very long time for the bill to come to us in the Senate. It was held up in the House for months, and there's plenty of blame to go around for, you know, was that conservative politicking? Was it actually liberal failure to move their agenda forward? But the point is that by the time we got the bill, we were just about at the end of our Senate session. In fact, we we tacked on an extra two days. So by the time the bill came to us, the House had already risen. Uh, C6 arrived. And we had um, some reasonably good uh, second reading debate on the bill. And then the bill was sent to committee. And if there were no election, that would be fine because we would come back in September and we would and we would finish our work on the bill. The challenge is that there was a there was a deal made frankly, between the Conservatives and the Liberals, to expedite certain pieces of legislation and to, frankly, to sacrifice Bill C-6. And then I think what happened was when people saw the political pushback, uh, then there was sort of a a last-minute attempt to try and, and reconvene the Senate. Technically, the Speaker is sovereign, and the Speaker, who's appointed by the Liberal government, could recall the Senate Uh, on his own initiative. Mm -hmm. But practically speaking, you need the consensus of the different Senate groups because you need permission for us to sit virtually and to hold hearings virtually. And if you don't get that consensus, recalling us is going to be, you know, symbolic and we're not going to get anything done. And I greatly fear at this point that that the consensus to to recall us is just not there. It's not in anybody's political interest. Has that process begun to to try and recall, or is that bogged down as well? Well, I mean, the process began in the sense that uh, the day after Canada Day, the government representative in the Senate, Mark Gold, uh, sent a a letter, which was then, you know, put on Twitter, that went out to the leaders of the four different uh, caucuses in the Senate, asking them to consider coming back. The challenge is in the olden days, the Senate had a government and an opposition, and this would have happened more more logically. But because the Senate is now a largely independent body, 80% of the senators belong to neither the conservatives nor the liberals. We, we sit as independents in three separate independent groups. And so as a result, the majority of senators, I think, would be quite happy to come back. The majority of senators have, have expressed this quite plainly, that they are happy to come back. But this is really a, a standoff between the liberals and the conservatives. And until 
they work out a strategy. The rest of us are kind of left hanging in limbo along with this legislation. And would you even have time? Uh, you'd have about two weeks if everything, got, you know, if you finally get everybody back, you'd get recalled. How long would that take? Would you actually be able to do uh, what you're supposed to do, which is due diligence on a bill? Well, hypothetically, but, you know, a bill like this, it's been sent for study to the Legal and Constitutional Affairs Committee, uh, of which I'm a temporary member because I, I was filling in for my, my dear colleague, Judith Keating, who, who died last week, it, 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 a terrible, tragic uh, death. But she's been ill for some time, and I've been filling in for her on that committee. Okay. That committee is one of the most high-powered ones in the Senate, not because I'm on it. I'm like, I'm like yeah. the duffer. But it's filled with constitutional law experts and retired judges, and they do do diligence on every bill from a nonpartisan perspective. And this is, I support this bill, but there are serious constitutional issues at play here because uh, the bill deals with child welfare and health issues, which are in provincial jurisdiction. The bill has raised concerns, which I think are, 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 are exaggerated, about freedom of speech and freedom of religion because I don't actually think the bill as written trespasses on those things. But the committee has to do its proper work. And then, if there are amendments to the bill, uh, we can't pass. If we pass amendments, then the House has to be recalled so that the House can decide whether to accept our amendments. And that's not going to happen in two weeks. And that's not going to happen in two weeks. And so we're being put in a position where, if we're recalled, we're going to be under the gun to say, "Okay, just rubber stamp this." And I think for a lot of senators, even senators like me who passionately support this bill, the idea of rubber stamping it is very unattractive because we're supposed to be a nonpartisan, largely independent body that doesn't take marching orders from the government. So, you know, to recall us and then say, okay, now you have to pass the bill because otherwise you're going to look like a bunch of homophobes yeah. puts an independent Senate in a really uncomfortable position. <laughs> yeah. and, and at this point, uh, I get the feeling you'd almost rather see it now, now anyway, die on the order of paper because of the alternative is to, to rush it through and rubber stamp it. Well, you know, uh, it would have been would, yeah, ideally. It would have been nice yeah. if you could get the all the things done properly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at this point, based on all of what you've just told me, it pretty much has to go that route. And, and this and this is really unfortunate. I want to say because we haven't talked about the content of the bill that much. We talked about the politics. Yeah. So I mean, people have talked about this as a ban on conversion therapy. That's not actually accurate because uh, what the bill does is it bans advertising conversion therapy services for sale and it bans making money by selling conversion therapy services i have no problem with that because i think conversion therapy is fake i think it's snake oil i think there is no such there is no such practice and so we're, the bill would basically treat conversion therapy almost like prostitution so it, you know it bans communication for the purposes of selling conversion therapy and it bans living off the avails of conversion therapy it absolutely does not ban people having private conversations with family members with members of the clergy with counselors there's nothing here that stops a person who is concerned about their sexual orientation or their their gender identity or expression from seeking whatever help suits them the bill also bans parents forcing children under the age of 18 to undergo abuse conversion therapy and it bans parents from taking their children out of the country to undergo conversion therapy i think those are all reasonable limitations on freedom of speech and 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 freedom of religion because we're not talking about 
somebody's faith. If your religion teaches you that homosexuality is a sin, I profoundly disagree. But I would also support your, your religious freedoms. This bill does not trespass on religious freedoms because what it does is ban people from putting out a shingle and saying, hey, give me hundreds of dollars and I will fix you. Yeah, will. Which sends... Yeah, which sends a terrible message because nobody who's gay or 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 genderqueer needs to be fixed. Uh, is this the right bill? Because I wonder if uh, if this does die on the order of paper, as we, we likely expect that it will now, that it'll be brought up again. Uh, the Liberals are banking on getting a majority. That's why they would call an election anyway. And then uh, could it be reformed in a different a different way? It could be a different bill that comes back to the Senate after, after an election. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't bring back exactly the same bill, but if you tweak it a bit, then it's fine. And in fact, the bill needs some tweaks. And, you know, some of some of the debate has centered around the way the bill defines as conversion therapy, which is a bit vague. I mean, I think the bill could be improved. I think it is unfortunate for anybody who is waiting for this bill to pass to see the frustration of it slipping away. But I think... You know, the Liberals wouldn't call this election if they didn't think they were going to win and if they didn't think, frankly, they were going to win a majority, in which case I expect that one of their first orders of business will be to put the bill back and that, this, you know, that with luck it will move through the House more quickly this time and get to the Senate and be, you know, debated and then passed. Uh, I mean, you know, delaying this by 6 to 12 months is unfortunate. Uh, it's not catastrophic, although I say that in the knowledge that it may be that some kid out there is going to suffer, you know, the indignities and the horrors of being put through this fake therapy. But the most important thing about this bill, really, is that we're having these conversations, that we're, that we're sending a message that the government says that if you are LGBTQT, there is nothing wrong with you. You do not need to be repaired. You do not need to, to have some to, to be converted, um, you know, we are not Uncle Ben's rice. Uh, we do not need, you know, I mean, I mean, all, I mean, the nomenclature itself is so offensive. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, uh, I, I'm seeing some people referring it down as, as, as uh, reparative therapy. Well, you know, that's what, you know, that, that's what your your face needs after being out in the sun. It is not, it is not yeah. what a human being needs done to their most profound sense of, of, of personal identity. Well, and I know also this will end up being a bit of an election issue for some people, for any uh, of their MPs yeah. who voted against yeah. uh, it in the House of Commons. That will also be part of that conversation. So, uh, as you say, uh, on the bright side, the conversation is out there, and that will continue. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, and I, 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 I suspect that this is, you know, I have the luxury as a senator of not standing for election. And so, you know, I understand that for people who are running to, to you know, to keep or to win seats, you need to look for wedge issues. This is this is clearly a, a great wedge issue for the Liberals because then they can say, well, we tried to pass this yeah. bill and the Conservatives, you know, most of the Conservatives yeah. voted against it. It's very awkward for Aaron O'Toole, who I have to say voted in favor of this bill. Aaron O'Toole did not oppose this legislation, yeah. but he let lots and lots and lots of his MLAs, including quite a few from Alberta and quite a few from the Edmonton area, vote uh, vote to oppose it. So, you know, it's it's become deeply politicized now. Everything against the backdrop of election becomes that much more politicized. And it's really unfortunate because as a senator who's not going to be part of this election, I really, really wish we had passed this bill when we had the chance. Paula Simons, good talking to you this morning. Thank you very much. Take care, Joe.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.